Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, feeling a little bit better. Not quite as coughing and congested, but uh, still not completely over whatever has been gripping me. How about you? Uh, much the same. I think all three of us have been kind of battling this different bugs, I guess, because, I mean, Kurt's in a, on an island a long way from us. But, uh, yes. Uh, we're all uh, struggling through it a little bit, but uh, uh, kind of like our Edmonton Oilers, eh? We just uh, haven't got the energy we need to uh, really get the job done. Yeah, that was a that was a very, very, very disappointing game, Bruce. What was the score on the N six three? Is that it? Six to three for San Jose in a game that Edmonton led two nothing. After oh. six minutes, they came like they were shot out of a cannon. And as soon as it got to two nothing, it was like San Jose flicked the switch, and then Edmonton couldn't touch the puck for the next fifteen minutes. And it was uh, uh, just downhill from there. The Oilers got totally, uh, you know, after the first, after they got up two nothing, they were totally outworked all game long. Mm-hmm. Even more so than the Arizona game, I think. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think that San Jose just totally outworked them, wanted it more, outworked them, and with predictable results, the orders aren't that good that they can that they can coast to a victory, not even close. Nope. So Two games in a row <coughs> where a, a team that well, was behind them in the Pacific Division standings played more more desperate with more speed and, and tenacity than the Oilers and comfortably walked away with the win. Yeah. So this is our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast, Bruce. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we'll start with our we'll start with our good things, and I'll, I'll start with mine. Okay. Um, Sam Gagne, mm-hmm. I had been I had, and I'm not just saying this because I had been asking him and, and hoping that he would go on the first line. He really earned a promotion to the first line. Um, with his play recently, he's just been playing very smart and tenacious hockey, and he's got he's got some skill. He's a he's a skilled hockey player still. And with James Neal out, Bruce, the top line with Cassian and Archibald, I think it was Kerry Kettles uh, on Twitter who was making this point. Those guys are both fast, but they both lack skill. And McDavid needs to play with at least someone who um, who is fairly highly skilled. James Neal is fairly good with the puck. And so is Sam Gagne. So with Neil out, I just think that line was pretty flat and it culminated in McDavid zeros major contributions to scoring chances against Arizona. Something was clearly wrong and the coach rectified it by playing uh, Gagne on that line, uh, starting out with Archibald. Um, and Gagne was in on the first two goals. He, uh, of course, scored one of them on a, on, a, on a jam play, the first goal. Puck was... Uh, batted it around, and he finally put it in. And um, he made a nice, he won a battle. I can't recall exactly what, do you recall what he did on the second one? On the second goal, David's goal? Yeah, it was, it was a neutral zone face-off. Right. And I think, he, I think he sort of forced the turnover, and it went back to Nurse, and Nurse hit McDavid, and That's McDavid it. did the rest. But, uh, yeah. but Gagne had made a, a decent play at the, at the top of it. To, uh, That's what it was to uh, um, at least help a little bit. I'd like to see him there. I'd like to see him there until Neil comes back. I think he's an effective hockey player in that role. So good for Sam Gagne. Good game. What was your good thing? 
Uh, well, I'm going to go with the second goal, the, the goal by Connor McDavid, where uh, uh, he put on a Connor McDavid-style show early in the game. I mean, he made a great rush in the build-up to the first goal, where he uh, uh, went right around uh, Eric Carlson, I believe it was, and tried to deke, but couldn't quite uh, couldn't quite finish. Sean Arundel made a great toe save with his on the glove side, and. Then the second time, again, McDavid came, uh, got the puck in the neutral zone and blew past the defenseman one-on-one. And this time he had the puck in a slightly different position and he, he went back to that tried and true uh, back against the grain to the forehand and roof it. Uh, the same one he scored on the miracle wonder goal against Toronto a few weeks ago, that move. And it was a it was a very pretty goal, and at that point, it looks like McDavid's flying. The Oilers are already up by a couple, uh, you know. And then, okay, this gets to my bad thing right away. Bad things happen um, immediately thereafter, and pretty much for the rest of the night. All you have to do is get through the next ten minutes. Just crank it up for get through the first period to nothing, and you're going to win that game. You know, it's just get through, you know, you know, they're going to have some pushback, you know, it's, it, just get through it. And what happens, it's the typical freaking San Jose goal scored against us that we have seen for 10 years, Bruce, if not longer. The point shot, which is deflected in. How many times have they scored that goal? Why don't the Oilers forwards cover Brent Burns more closely? Why don't they let him get the puck and get off a shot? Why don't you just have someone standing by that guy? In the, in, you know, just what's it called? A box and one in basketball yeah. where the, you, you have someone on the shooter and you play a zone otherwise. Just have someone on that guy. You know, you know, you know. So why do you, why does he get so many open looks every game against the Oilers? Figure that, figure that out, coaches. Okay. So Nugent Hopkins is out there. And, and of course, Burns isn't trying to score. Adam Larson has got to know that. Adam Larson's coming out to block the shot. But you know that he's not. Burns isn't trying to put the puck at the net, Adam Larson. He's going to put the puck at the net. He's going to put the puck at the guy in front of the net that Adam Larson should be covering. And my bad thing is Adam Larson's decision to go block that shot instead of try to cover that guy in front of the net who deflects the puck in. Just, Just take his stick. Take his stick. That's where Burns is shooting. You know he's shooting. This, we've seen this play 50 times over the years. And I don't even think I'm exaggerating. Well, probably I'm a little bit. But we've seen it 20 times where Burns puts it on that and it's deflected in. Because he's not covered, he gets the pass, and the guy he's shooting, his stick isn't taken out. I'm tired of that play. I've seen it enough. You'd think the orders of coaches and the whole team have seen it enough to, to stop it. I was very frustrated, Bruce. I can tell, David. <laughs> I know. I mean, the first game this year where San Jose sacked Edmonton, uh, I think it was also 6-3 to three in uh, San Jose, and they scored five goals on deflections, or maybe one of the deflections turned into a rebound that they stuffed home. But it was basically they got all of their offense the same way. Some guy in the point with a free shot, some guy in the slot with a free tip, some poor other goal, goalie trying to deal with a... Uh, a couple of bodies in front and a deflected puck from the slot and unable to do so and into the net she goes. And, <clears throat> you know, yeah. it was, uh, I have to say, 
I, I enjoyed the opening of the game, but when that switch flipped, even when it was 2 nothing Everton, I thought, I don't like this, because San Jose suddenly just took over possession. And Everton started chasing, and not very fast and not very effectively. So, Yeah, I would have liked to see Caleb Jones in the game, Bruce. I just think against a team like that, the lesson is you need puck movers. And I know you got to see William Lagasin at some point, but, man, I just think against San Jose, you needed, you needed Jones's passing at the back end. And that wasn't the difference in any way in the game. I'm just adding that in as, as I'm sneaking in another bad thing is what I'm doing. Okay, what is your bad thing? Yeah, well, having uh, credited Connor McDavid with uh, a fine play on the first Edmonton goal, uh, I'm going to uh, 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 single out Connor McDavid for some very poor defensive coverage on the third and fourth San Jose goals that basically uh, were the difference makers in this game in the second period. Uh, San Jose scored two goals in each period. Uh, the third goal was particularly egregious. It was 2-2. Uh, McDavid was taking a shift with Edmonton's fourth line uh, in the place of Gaetan Haas, which Gaetan Haas actually was pretty good tonight, so I'm not yeah. sure why they tried that experiment. And both forwards chased on and Benson got caught deep in the uh, uh, attacking zone, and McDavid tried to make it play at the offensive blue line and got beat. But so then San Jose went into the neutral zone two-on-two, two, and Eric Carlson jumped up into the play. And McDavid was the only guy in position to take him. And he just floated back, and he watched the three-on-two. And, of course, the puck comes to Carlson. Of course, he gets a good shot away. And the rebound goes into the slot, where McDavid is also the closest guy to, closest to the goal scorer, a guy named, uh, let me get this right, Maxim Litunov. First NHL goal. Well, he scored the goal because he was working hard to get the puck in front of the Edmonton net while the uh, best player on the other team, and in the eyes of many, the best player in hockey, was not working hard to get that puck and instead turned away from the net front, leaving the odd man situation intact. That was just a very poor read and, frankly, a poor effort by McDavid on that play. I, you know, I don't know any way to sugarcoat it. Bruce, you know, that could be a $700,000 player. I'm going to be ripping him. It was a terrible flyby. If McDavid, even though he was slow on the back check on Carlson, mm-hmm. if he didn't do that horrible flyby, he, he would have had a chance at least to make the play on the on the uh, on the rebound. And come on, like it's not acceptable. It's and then on the four-two goal, a guy named uh, who the heck was that? Oh, Stefan Nelson. Oh, uh, I thought it was be- true. He saw, well, True got the puck behind the net, and he banked it out to, okay. to Nosen. And Nosen got the puck at the side of the net. And again, McDavid standing, what, five feet away from him in the slot. Three, like, he wasn't three, in horrible yeah. position. He just yeah. didn't move, and he didn't didn't recognize the danger. And frankly, neither did Mikko Koska. And that goal was just horrible. It was just a nothing play. Bam, game-winning goal, turned out to be in. It's a pretty pretty defining goal for how Edmonton played in this game. Both of those goals were, and the Edmonton's uh, Edmonton's defensive play was flat out rotten in this game, both yeah, defending I mean, the rush and defending the zone and the cycle, and especially as you say, def- defending the low slot tip-ins. McDavid has been so good in the last month. Too. He has. Yeah, like, he, he really has. He's really he's really taking care of business, but. <clears throat> Another bad thing, I rock your favorite, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, who had a 
very bad um, defensive coverage on the on the last goal that kind of put yeah. it to bed, but just didn't have a lot of jump in his step all night long. You know, McDavid at least did a couple of things at the good end, but well, Leon just didn't yeah. have it going on at all. So all three of the big guys were out there for that one: Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Drysaddle. Yep. And none of those guys, other than McDavid at the start of the game, were really going. Um, yep. Nugent, Nugent Hopkins, I thought, lacked energy all game as well. Mm-hmm. Yamamoto was going hard on that line, um, mm-hmm. but uh, no, that was that was you know you, you have your best three players essentially. Uh, and it's, it's hard to say with, with McDavid because he did start out so well, but you know after that there just was no pop in their game, and and the Oilers got popped. All right, what's your number? I'm going to go with the number six, not because it's the number of goals San Jose scored on Oilers again, because that's the number of penalty minutes that Oscar Kleffbaum took in tonight's game, six p.m which ties the number of penalty minutes he took in the 2016-17 season. <laughs> took three penalties the entire year, played all 82 games. Remember, he had zero. He was he was chasing Bill Quackenbush's record there uh, deep into the season. He, I think he finally got a puck over glass penalty or something. Tonight he got a double minor for a high stick and a, uh, a single minor for embellishment and... Uh, all around, he uh, he had a tough game. I thought he and Larson really struggled in the defensive zone. And uh, six penalty minutes for Oscar Kleffbaum. Where'd that come from? That's Four minutes seemed a bit game. steep. Well, I guess the guy was cut. I don't know. Maybe the orders need to start taking blood thinners or something. No, I can't remember the last time we had a four-minute power play, and the other guys had one two games in a row. <laughs> All right. I have to say, I've been waiting for the whole podcast for you to say piss on a plate, Bruce. I'm a little <laughs> disappointed. Okay. My number is five, and it's the Oilers' first goal. And it's a rare goal where you have all five players making a major contribution mm-hmm. to a grade-A scoring chance. Usually there's two or three. Mm-hmm. Very rarely there's four. I can't remember five, honestly. <laughs> but, uh, There's been a small number, but they're they're yeah. relatively rare. Where all five guys chip, and at that point, I was thought, hey, they've got it tonight. That whatever they were missing the other night, they got it tonight. Yeah, so it starts out um, well with Yamamoto's winning some pucks in the corner, and then then Bear makes a nice feed into uh, the slot area. McDavid gets a shot on net, and Yamamoto's there uh, screening the goalie, and the rebound banks off Nurse, who who, but he's also done a good thing, right? He's gone to gone hard to the net. It goes off his leg to Gagne, who slams it in. Just just a fantastic goal. And, uh, yeah, and, of course, followed up by quickly by another goal. And I, I was like you, Bruce. I was putting the, I was putting the win, <laughs> the game in the win column already. Unfortunately, the Oilers didn't, were doing the same thing at the same time. I guess uh, maybe we're all to blame. Maybe it's karma. I get more sour at games where they, they lost games where a lead is blown than I do in lost games where they just lost you know but anyway the the very you talk about rare things i'll tell you what's a rare thing on that goal and i I made a note to you in the scoring chance document the official scoring on the goal they got both assists wrong they had got the assists i wound up being uh uh yamamoto and nurse yeah they at the yeah, front and okay. the, originally they gave it to bear who passed it to mcdavid who took the outside shot so they announced it as uh uh, uh, Gagne from McDavid and Bear 
and they wound up correcting it to Gagne from Nurse and Yamamoto. And you could, the deflection by Yamamoto was quite obvious, I thought. The Nurse play was kind of a funky one, but he clearly chipped the puck over to Gagne, and Gagne made a really nice job to control and roof it from the backhand. Like, he buried a, a you know, the goalie was down and out, but Sam made no mistake from the high slot off the backhand side. It was a hard-working goal. Did, so did uh, Yamamoto tip that on net? Yeah, yeah. He was right. right in the net front. After twice shaking the puck free earlier in the shift, he was buzzing all over on that shift. Okay, well, I'll have to add a scoring chance there because if you tipped it in front of the goalie, that's a chance. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <clears> yeah, <throat> yeah. That should be two two separate chances. Yeah. Because, yeah, the original shot was was tipped right in front. You could hear it, and uh, that was why Dell was unable to recover the control rebound. Yamamoto really was a bright spot tonight. He's such a fun player to watch right now. Um, not because, you know, the Oilers were desperate to have, not just because the Oilers were desperate to have a player like him turn out, but, man, he's just hustle, hustle, smart player. So skilled. Um, makes good plays all over the ice. He's... he's uh, He's going to be a massive fan favorite if he can stay healthy. and Because I think if he stays healthy, he's going to keep up this level of play. He's just fantastic. He somehow had an even plus minus tonight on a night. Both of his line mates were minus three. Well, there's justice in the world. <laughs> you know, Bruce, we, we call uh, goals against often. We refer to them as, as a sequence of pain. Yeah. Well, after the Oilers' second goal, that whole game was pretty much one big yeah. sequence of pain. <laughs> That's, it was just... Well, they had about a two-minute shift. They had about a two-minute shift for Edmonton never touched the puck, and Koskinen lost his goal stick, and they were trying to make a change. And Darnell Nurse decides, well, I'm going to give oh. Koskinen my stick before I go off, and he goes back. He tosses Koskinen his stick, gets a penalty for throwing the stick. Koskinen there, I, I mean, I'd rather have a defenseman with a stick than a goalie with a player stick. I mean, the player stick is just a foreign object to a goalie. And Nurse tries to go for the change, and San Jose turns it around so quick that he has to turn around and come back without a stick to try and defend. And they, the, the delayed penalty lasted, it seemed like, another two minutes before Edmonton finally touched and, the puck. And there had been time for Koskinen <laughs> to go get his own stick or for a defenseman oh, to get it for him. Yeah, they turned it all the like turned it all the way to the far blue Yeah, line. if they had I just immediately gone, if you just immediately gone and got that stick for him, it would have been fine. Yeah, uh, a player can go and get it for him and hand it to him. That might yeah. have been the play there. You know, it's funny, Bruce. As bad as that game was, <clears> there was a moment. The turn. I think the real turning point of the game, though, was early in the second period. Riley Sheehan made that great play, and got that break. He got a break in alone. Deked out the goalie completely, but lost control of the puck before he could put it in. I thought he scored, like, mm. initially. I just thought, yeah. how, how did you miss? You totally deked the goalie. But, you know, he's Riley Sheehan. He's not, you know, Leon Dreisel or Connor McDavid, and the puck went off his stick. But if he had scored there, who knows? Yeah, it was a turning point. There was a lot of things that went badly for the Oilers in there, and the things that almost went well but didn't wind up going well could be added to that list, and that was one of those. Excuse me. All right, let's um, let's leave it there. When do they play next? What's the next game? Saturday uh, early evening against Nashville Predators in the five o'clock slot, uh, oh, because uh, it's hockey day in Canada, 
and uh, Calgary is playing Vancouver in the 8 o'clock slot, so they thought for the Western audience it might make more sense to have Edmonton play early. Uh, so all the Cana all the other six Canadian teams are playing each other, and only America, only Edmonton is playing an American team. But so uh -huh. it is since they had it used to be with six Canadian teams, it was it was clean and easy. Uh, but now they have seven. Uh, it's it's a little trickier to uh, to make that happen. So uh, there's always one team that's kind of extra, and this year that's the Oilers. So that's a huge game against the Preds, and they'll be playing another team that's behind them in the standings that's desperate to win, and they're probably coming into town saying, you know, Edmonton's a little bit down right now. Let's jump on those guys, and the Oilers better be bloody prepared to jump back. Yeah, they gotta bring it, and they got to bring it for more than six minutes. You know, that's that's why I was groaning as soon as you said Nashville. That's it popped in my head. Like this is a desperate team and a good team. So um, we'll see what happens. I'm, I imagine we're going to see Mike Smith in that. Hopefully, yeah. I'll have a better game than Koskinen did. All right, Bruce. Thanks for talking. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast. <laughs>